Now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. This is going to make me look kind of freaky. Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Final hour of the show, live from the auction community studios. It is Wolf and Luke. An interesting last half hour, was it? Man, it got a little crazy there, didn't it? <laughs> In case you missed it, you should uh, listen to the podcast. Marshawn Lynch called in at 1230. Had him on for a while. Then uh, John Bloom called in after that. Yes. And then some. this is really, of all the stuff that has happened in the last half hour, all the unexpected stuff, Wolf, I think the thing that we really need to focus on is where did John Bloom find a landline in 2022? Yeah. Because he did call back on a landline after right. he was talking to us through that tin can for the first two minutes of the interview. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you mean? Because it sounded like he was on a tin can. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When he called. But when he called back, he called on a landline. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, but his cell phone was breaking. Yeah, originally he was on like one of those, so those you were cans talking with the about, string. Okay, yeah, okay. that's what he called in on. <laughs> we just we didn't have the other can hooked okay, up. Okay, I, I didn't get that because it kind of sounded like he was speaking through a tin can. Yeah, once he got on the landline, <laughs> well, that's which because, was weird because it's the only landline okay, in America. So, yeah, like, what's with Johnny? What's with Johnny's phones? No, but uh, but he was good. In fact, that'll that'll be the we'll do a little bit going forward, right? John's phone. Oh, okay, all right. I thought that was Shane Doan's phone. Well, that no, that's Shane Doan's yeah. phone. This okay. is John's phone. I just it was amazing that one second later he's like, oh, I found the landline. All right, uh, I'm going to bring the mood down, Wolf, by looking at the injury report. Okay, you ready for this? Oh no. Okay, so this is uh, this is through yesterday. <laughs> now it's gone. Uh, and there's, there's, look, this I think is just going to be a theme with the Cardinals this year. They're going to have every single week so far. Yes. You look at the opposing injury report, the opposing side of it, and then the Cardinals side, and it's been at least twice as long every single week. Dominated. So, like this one for the Eagles. Okay, yeah, their kicker uh, missed practice yesterday. A couple other guys. Boston Scott was limited. Darius Slay, full practice. I don't even know why I put him on there just to celebrate. The Eagles kicker is expected to miss this week. Yeah, no okay. kickers in this one, by the way. How about that? What if they just agreed, like, just no kicks, just two point conversions, oh, and we go for it on fourth? Oh, look at that, man. The similarities, once again, these offenses are identical for the most part. They're running the same offense. Yes, they've got different talent at different positions, but. But they're basically running the same offense, and now you're going to tell me both of their kickers as well? Do kickers score points, Luke? Yes, Ideally. That's offensive right there. It is. Man, what a mess. I think you just shake hands at center field before the game I starts. I love that idea. We go for it on fourth every time, which Cliff is basically doing anyway. <laughs> you just say two-point conversion instead of extra points, and here we go. Yeah. Uh, but that wasn't the part of the injury report I was even looking at. That was the Eagles side of things. They have eight guys listed. One of them was a full participant. And you go over to the Cardinals side, and, and this is yesterday. We we haven't got today's official one yet, but Zaven limited, A.J. Green limited, Zeke Turner limited, J.J. Watt limited, and then... Here's the theme that I don't love, Wolf. DJ Humphreys, limited hamstring issue. Okay. okay. Yes. Now, here's all the guys that didn't practice yesterday. Uh, Max Williams, knee. Nick Vigil, hamstring. Matt Prater, hip. Rashard Lawrence, hand. Zach Ertz, just rest. Hollywood Brown, foot. Now, four yeah. offensive linemen. Okay. Kelvin Beecham, rest. 
Max Garcia toe, Rodney Hudson knee, Justin Pugh elbow. Oh, no. That's five offensive linemen on this injury report for the Cardinals. One of them is, is beach, just rest. That's fine. Yeah. Four offensive linemen on your injury report right now. Yeah, that's not good. That is that is not good. If there was one position room, of course, that you would not want to suffer any type of injuries, if there was one week where you would want that to be the case, other than your quarterback room with Kyler Murray, it would be your offensive line room. Not this week. Of all weeks, not this week. Why do I say that? I say that because the Philadelphia Eagles, the one thing they can do defensively, and they do a lot of good things defensively, they get after the opposing quarterback. What were you saying? 16 16 sacks? 16 sacks, number one in the NFL. Number one in the National Football League right now. they got four guys that are on pace for double-digit sacks on the season. Four guys. This is what they do. They cover receivers very, very well. Their pass defense is elite. Number six, as a matter of fact, yes, no, I'm sorry, hold on. Number seven, pass defense in the league. Number one, passing yards per play allowed. Number seven, passing yards per game. Would you say they've been up on teams a lot. Philadelphia, if you look at their first three games, they were up so much in the first half that their offense stopped doing anything in the second half of those games, but it didn't matter because they were already up by so much. Last week was a little bit different because they had to come back, but they obviously won anyway. So teams are throwing the ball because they're down against the Philadelphia Eagles. They're throwing the ball, and they're still number seven in passing yards per game allowed and number one in passing yards per play allowed. And they get after the quarterback. What do you think you have to do? You have to be able to run the ball. That's where they struggle. They give up over five yards, over five yards per carry. That's where you got to hit them right in the face. And you don't have your offensive line. Well, here's a little bit of an update to it, because that, what I was reading you, was the injury report from yesterday. And I'm just looking at Darren Urban's account right now. Uh, this is from about an hour ago. Practice today, J.J. Watt limited on Wednesday, not present today. Hollywood Brown was working, so that's good. They're going to need Hollywood Brown if they want any chance of winning this game, but here are guys not working at practice today. Max Williams, Rodney Hudson, Max Garcia, Justin Pugh, Shard Lawrence, Nick Vigil. Matt Prater. Okay. That okay. doesn't mean those guys are all out right. for the game. No, exactly. But that means they, they were not out there for the open part of practice today. So I'm just going to go ahead and take Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh, and Max Williams. I'm going to focus on those three guys right there and the import. Yeah, I, Hollywood Brown's a big deal, too. Okay, there's no doubt about but that. But it it's, sounds like he's he's good. But once again, if I, if you were going to win this game, you're going to win it on the line of scrimmage by running the ball. That's that's why Rodney Hudson matters. That's why Justin Pugh matters in a big-time way. That's why Max Williams, your best blocking tight end, somebody that I think the Arizona Cardinals would have been able to use in exploiting the edge of the Philadelphia Eagles because they're not big. They're more linebacker more than anything else. Max Williams would have done that. Now, all of a sudden, he might be a question mark. It's just they're all banged up, and that's not good. It would be nice to see the Cardinals at full strength to really be able to evaluate what they can do or can't do and what you have to change and what you don't you can keep. But it's 
may be tough this week. We'll see. We'll hopefully better uh, return on the injury reports later on today and then tomorrow. When we come back, who are you going to start in fantasy football heading into week five? It does start tonight, so if you have any Colts or Broncos, get them in your lineup. Or or maybe not, because they're the Colts and the Broncos. We're going to help you set your lineups next with our fantasy reality check. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke present Fantasy Reality Check, where fantasy football gets a reality check from 10-year NFL fullback, four-time pro bowler Ron Wolfley. All right, Wolf, here we go. Week five is starting in about four hours. Broncos, Colts from Denver, so we may as well start there. I guess. Do you think there will be some horsepower? <laughs> Tell me you heard that. I did hear that, yes. That was really good, Val, honestly. That was like a wolf joke, except better. Sitting around waiting. And what did you think of that, Val? Did you hear that before? I mean, did somebody tip you I may have saw it on Twitter yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to lie. Maybe. That's all right. Yeah. You know what? To each his own, man. Somebody thought about that. That was pretty good. Just like when you ripped the under center in the gun stuff from NFL Live yesterday. (laughs) Okay. Wait a minute. Um... It was a serious conversation they were having. But these were three analysts sitting around having this conversation. That was fascinating. We have a lot more of that to play, and we're going to get into it later, right at the end of the show, too. Because if you go back and watch that video, the comments section on Twitter, yeah. the people commenting back, it's uh, RG3, uh, Andrew Whitworth. Like it's, 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 oh, wow. The, even the conversation off the conversation was good. We didn't we got into it a little bit with Zoe before. We're going to get into it more uh, later on. Broncos Colts tonight as far as horsepower. Wolf, there may not be much in this. This one, if you are looking to uh, to set your fantasy lineups, because Jonathan Taylor out, Javante Williams done for the year, so you're scrambling to start backup running backs for these teams. I'm not doing that. I I, I, I know a lot of people picked up. Uh, Boone and uh, Latavius Murray for Denver because it's like if you could have a starting running back in fantasy football, that's like currency. But I'm not starting him until I see how that all shakes out because if you're the Broncos, your offense has been a mess kind of anyway. Oh, my goodness. That is the thing that is so stunning about the Denver Broncos right now. I, I said... I said they were a Super Bowl-caliber team. They don't look like a Super Bowl-caliber team right now, and the reason being is because of Russell Wilson. What is going on with Russ? Let Russ cook. I don't know about that. What What is going on with Russell Wilson? Man, the 12s were up there whispering about this. They were last year talking about how Russell doesn't, he doesn't look the same, and he doesn't run, and he holds on to the ball way too long. Guess what's happening right now? They're, they're not doing well. No. And he's holding on to the ball way too long. They, maybe they were right. It, it, that, to me, is the biggest... Denver not looking right and the Giants being 3-1 and one are yeah. the two biggest anomalies of the first quarter of the season. The Denver Broncos are scoring 16.5 points per game. They're number 30 in the NFL in points scored. Well, and that's, that's the point here is you were... You thought of them as a Super Bowl caliber roster, yeah. right? Yeah. I think a lot of people did, or at least that they were going to be contenders. And so as far as fantasy football, all of their players were getting drafted, and most of them pretty high. And I don't know that you can really start any of them right now, except Cortland Sutton maybe. Maybe Jerry Judy. 
But to your point, Russell Wilson's not even completing passes because he's holding on to the ball too long or they're trying to run or they're just <laughs> kicking field goals. There's always a risk Nathaniel Hackett might kick a field goal on second down. You don't really know with them. So I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not starting anybody other than Cortland Sutton maybe in this game and, and maybe, maybe Jerry Judy. And the rushing attack too, man. It's just meh for the most part. And that's one of the reasons why they're the worst team. Think about this. Think about the talent the Denver Broncos have offensively. They are the worst red zone team in the league. Number 32. That's unreal. Uh, how about this one? This is not a game I thought we would be talking about with uh, with fantasy football connotations, but we're going to, Wolf. How about Lions-Patriots? Because Jared Goff is the fourth-scoring fantasy quarterback this year, and yet uh, you got to sit him if you're playing him this week, right? Because the Patriots are going to slow the game down. Didn't they have the game against Buffalo last year where the Patriots threw the ball three times? Like, Detroit scores, and they give up points. But Bill Belichick, I trust him to dictate the game flow more than the Lions. In this case, so I'm assuming, and you know Bill better than than I do, but isn't Belichick going to approach this and see a team that's putting up 36 points a game on the other side of the field and say, "We'll just go ahead and slow this game down, and we'll yeah. grind out a nice 17-14 win." Yeah, will you just? I don't know if you have this in front of you right now, but look at the Detroit Lions schedule, if you could for me. Okay, could you, could you go ahead and do that? I can do that right now. Just yeah. look at the schedule and what tell am I me looking for? Who have they played so? Far? Philadelphia in week one. Philadelphia in week one. Yeah. Uh, The Commanders, the Vikings, and the Seahawks. Okay, the Commanders, the Vikings, and the Seahawks. There are some capable teams right there. The Seattle Seahawks, defensively, are no joke. They're capable. Um... There's no doubt. Philadelphia, defensively, is capable. They put up 35 on Philly. I'm looking at this this offense of the Lions. They're number one in terms of yards per game and yards per play. Yeah. (laughs) You you put it together. They're, They're gashing defenses. The Detroit Lions are on fire. And it's one of the reasons why they're number two in the red zone. They can run the ball. They're number one, as a matter of fact. No, yeah, number one in yards per play, rushing in the NFL, and number six in rushing yards per game. Think about that. Well, and that's a bonanza for fantasy football because most Lions weren't getting drafted other than Amon Ross, St. Brown, DeAndre Swift. Now, the flip, so most of those guys you could pick up. Like if some guy, Jared Goff, you could pick up. If you drafted Russell Wilson and he's been doing nothing, there's probably a lot of people starting Jared Goff over Russell Wilson because they just picked up Goff two weeks ago. I would imagine. But how about this? Well, if I'm looking at their depth chart because a lot of these guys are hurt. DeAndre Swift, questionable. Amon Ross St. Brown, questionable. DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds, TJ Hawkinson, all questionable. Quintus Cephas, Jamison Williams obviously been out all year. Everybody in the Lions offense that's been producing is questionable or out other than Jared Goff, Jamal Williams. I'm just saying, maybe temper your expectations if you've been riding the wave of the Detroit Lions offense in fantasy football You know, when you started looking at the injury report right there and reading the names that were on it, I thought you were going to read two and say, that's all they have on it. (laughs) That's all they have. If they were playing the Cardinals, that's all they'd have. Of course. Yeah. Uh, How about Steelers and Bills? 
And you'll love this, Wolf, because the one fantasy football draft I ever did with you, you were all in on defense. Yeah. The Bills have played a fairly tough schedule so far, and their defense is still number three in terms of fantasy scoring. One point behind Philadelphia. One point behind San Francisco, two behind Philadelphia. Ball out, man. The Buffalo Bills. And now they're playing a rookie quarterback this week in Kenny Pickett. So if you had any hesitation about which defense to start, or if you're playing like daily fantasy sport, that boy, the Bills against Kenny Pickett. I mean, I guess Kenny Pickett's an unknown, right? At one point, Tom Brady was an unknown stepping in for his first start. But I'll take my chances with that Bills defense against a rookie quarterback. How horrifying it must be for Kenny Pickett right now. He must be... He must be terrified. Maloney or Mal, can't believe I called you. Must be terrified right now. Never heard you call her by her. I know, exactly. Must be terrified. Can you imagine? Um, Wow, there's the Buffalo Bills. They're number two in sacks per attempt in the National Football League. They, They are in your face. If you're a quarterback, the Buffalo Bills are in your face. And oh, by the way, You've thrown it to the Buffalo Bills an awful lot because they are in your face right now. They're number one in interception rate in the National Football League. 14, yeah, 6.14% of the time. 6.14. I don't have my glasses. All right, oh, give well, me a break. I didn't say anything. Give me a break. I just never heard it said, I said that 14, way. 6.14% of the time. When you throw the ball, it's a pick by the Buffalo Bills. Well, I, and I mean, they have played the Rams, the Titans, the Dolphins, and the Ravens in their first four games. So when you talk about the Bills' defense being strong, putting up those stats, and, and putting up good fantasy stats for a defense, it's not like they've played Houston and the Jets over and over again. Right. Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, and they've still put up impressive defensive stats. It's really, really good when you say that. Rookie quarterback at home, that's what they get this that's week. That's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, and the other one I was going to bring up, we ran out of time. Raiders Chiefs, just go ahead and start everybody because the Raiders, 25th in opposing quarterback rating facing Patrick Mahomes. So Kansas City's probably going to get their points. Uh, all right. That was Fantasy Reality Check. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What's Wolf going to have his eyes on when the Cardinals take on the Eagles at State Farm Stadium in just a couple days? We get the Thursday edition of What Will Wolf Watch next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Day. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. All right, it has been a different kind of show. Wolf, I think you would agree. It's been a good show. Though. It's been the highlight, today. man, is Beast Mode. I'm just saying right now. No, no offense a, to you, Luke. No, I, no, look, none taken. I would say the highlight was having Beast Mode on, too. The highlight was Beast Mode. Yeah. Marshawn! If you missed it, check out the podcast. Uh, Wolf and Luke Show, obviously. You can find it on ArizonaSports.com. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Probably should be subscribed anyway, just like Wolf. Wolf goes home and listens to the show every day. And it's like he does the show <laughs> twice. All right, uh, Wolf, we got uh, Cardinals-Eagles coming up on Sunday. And I don't know what you're going to do here to keep with the weirdness theme of the show. So I'm just going to simply say it's time for What Will Wolf Watch? What will Wolf watch through the looking glass? Oh, Lil Wayne. Why are you so bad, man? You know, the mirror was invented in Germany circa 1835. Uh, so 
some dude named Justice Von Liebig is credited for actually inventing the looking glass, even though most scholars acknowledge people in Turkey used a mirror some 8,000 years ago. People all over the world check themselves out by using polished copper, polished stone, and bronze. The Arizona Cardinals are getting ready to see themselves through the looking glass when they host the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles at State Farm Stadium on Sunday. Cliff Kingsbury must smile when he looks at the tape of the Eagles' offense. Head coach Nick Sirianni and his offense seem to be doing a lot of what Big Red does. Sirianni must think he looks like Cliff when he sees himself in the mirror. Watching tape? Only better, of course. God is better. He created nature, and nature is the true inventor of mirrors. The very first mirrors were simply stagnant pools of water flowing over mud, rocks, and debris. The Cardinals' offense has been stagnant, but the Philadelphia Eagles' offense has been anything but. Watching the tape of Jalen Hurts and company running roughshod over the rest of the league makes one fondly think of Big Red Feathers in the first half of two of 2021. DeAndre Hopkins may be standing in front of the mirror, but the reflection looks an awful lot like A.J. Brown. A.J. Green is much taller than Devontae Smith, but Devontae Smith hasn't turned his back to the mirror and appears to be benefiting from being opposite of A.J. Brown. James Conner is much bigger than Miles Sanders, but Sanders runs just as hard and has more than doubled his rushing total. Mirrors mainly consist of shiny pieces of extremely smooth metal, which is usually metallic silver. This metallic piece is covered with a glass pane in the front and a thin metallic layer such as aluminum on the back. Jalen Hurts looks like metallic gold. He is the same offense. He is in the same offense as Kyler Murray is in and appears to be riding the spread offensive wave that Kyler was on most of last year. Hurts runs the ball better than Kyler Murray does. Where Kyler uses his speed to avoid contact and get down when necessary, the bigger Jalen Hurts uses his speed to make tacklers miss, get the extra yard, and lower the pads. Jalen Hurts so good, apparently. Sirianni isn't afraid to call his number in rundown situations because he has found the offense Hurts needs to be in. And that offense looks a lot like Kyler Murray in the Arizona Cardinals. Both teams love 11 personnel. Both teams love the shotgun. Both teams have an elite dual-threat quarterback. Both teams embrace spread concepts. Both teams believe they have found the offensive genie in a bottle. The Cardinals' offense isn't a genie, but it is in a bottle. Maybe staring into a mirror will help them find their identity. Scientists say in general, normal observers gazing at one's face in the mirror for a few minutes at a low level of illumination produces the apparition of strange faces. Observers see distortions of their own faces. But even they oftentimes see hallucinations like monsters, archetypical faces, faces 
faces of relatives and animals. Maybe becoming a monster wouldn't be so bad. The Cardinals have all the pieces they need in order to become the other team's worst nightmare. Kyler and company need to stare into the glass, see themselves for what they were and who they want to be going forward. Walk away from that mirror and remember, that Eagles offense can also get predictable. Wow. Now you know you can do these things over Lil Wayne songs. That's yeah. <laughs> you preach. Did you say at some point in there, Cardinals offense doesn't have a genie, but it is in a bottle? Yes. <laughs> I did that say that. That sounds like right a Lil there. Wayne lyric, actually. <laughs> you know, honestly, right now it does. It's got to find its way out. There's one way out, and that's to go through it. And maybe, maybe this is it. I mean, looking at this game... This is a home game for the Arizona Cardinals. How have they done at home? Oh, great. Oh, you mean in the last State year? State Farm Stadium. Right. State Farm Stadium. How have they done based on earnings? I mean, okay, so that's against them. Now you've got the Eagles undefeated. That's against the Arizona Cardinals. You've got an offense that is rolling. An offense that looks exactly like the Arizona Cardinals schematically. And they're rolling, and the Cardinals are struggling. That's working against them. What? What is going on? It, by when you look at the outside, and you look inside, this looks like this, this is a runaway victory for the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles are. I think they're favored by five and a half, which is not like <laughs> this way. It's not Buffalo over Pittsburgh. Um, but we played that clip earlier of Jalen Hurts addressing the Philadelphia media. And 10 minutes in, he's like, hey, you guys haven't asked me about the other team. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about them because they are a good team. Um, I think that's the way a lot of people are approaching this game nationally. I don't, I don't think I don't I don't think it's like some foregone conclusion. Everybody just assumes the Eagles are the best team in football because they're four. and zero. it's it's four games. I like the Eagles uh, or I like them coming into the season. I want them to lose very badly on Sunday. But but I don't think anybody looks at them as this dominant team that can't be stopped. But they are four and zero, and I think a lot of people look at this game as oh, they're going to be five and zero. Who are they playing again? Like you seem to be getting that reaction from yeah. people, including the Philadelphia media. So you're right. This is the Cardinals as far off the grid going into a game as they have been in probably two totally. years. And you know what? That's what I love about it. <laughs> That's what I love about it. It is. It's just so whatever. The Cardinals are going to get killed. You know what? Um... Do something about it, Big Red. I think also a lot of people just don't know what to make of the Cardinals because they started last year and were screaming till we're blue in the face here that people, Keyshawn, need to be paying attention to the Cardinals. Look how good the Cardinals are. And then when everybody started paying attention, they stopped being good. So people don't know what to expect because then they come into this season. They're like, oh, see, they're not good. And then Kyler Murray makes some of those plays like he did against the Raiders. And you know you can't ever completely write them off if you are a fan of another team that's playing them because you still have the fear factor with Kyler Murray. But the offense around him just hasn't looked dangerous enough this season. Week five of Bix Picks kicks off tonight. Text pick to 620 to 620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize, which is a 75 inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. So text pick to 620 620 to enter. When we come back, 
Are the Cardinals the ones stopping themselves on offense? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, this is going to be one of those conversations, Wolf. And I'm going to have to give you credit. You know, that pains me as we wrap up the show today. Yeah. But this is the conversation that we have been having on the show because of you since this show started. And you've been having this conversation since even before this show started. And yesterday they had it on NFL Live. And it really kind of caught fire when they posted it to uh, social media. So this is Marcus Spears. The conversation was between Dan Orlovsky, Ryan Clark, Marcus Spears. So right there, you've got three different positions on the football field to, to, to give you their perspective. It's a really good conversation they had on ESPN. Totally. It's like eight minutes long. I obviously can't play the full eight minutes. But they were looking at um, you know the difference when a quarterback is in shotgun as opposed to under center. And we're going to start there. This is Marcus Spears. So he was giving the perspective for a defensive lineman. How, how different is your job when you look over and the quarterback's right there under, under center or when he's in shotgun? And this is what he had to say. First of all, play action is available, and it's the toughest thing to defend. Like, And as a defensive lineman, you have more of your playbook at your disposal under center than you do in the shot. Sure. Right? Like, the way we go into a meeting during the week is we have personnel groupings. We have a certain set number of plays that they run out of that personnel grouping. Yeah. They have a tendency slide where your tendencies are on first and second down. When you're under center, everything is available to you. You got Bigger, zone right? stretch game, you got play action game, you got screen game, toss. So as a defensive lineman, and RC, I know you're going to get to the back end. As a defensive lineman, you now have um, uncondensed your ability to run whatever you want to run. I've opened when, up the barrel. When you get in shotgun, it's only a few things they do. Yeah. Look at the back deck. It's the, it's the back on the side of it. And even in protection, I, I tell y'all this all the time. When the back is set away, usually in shotgun we know what yeah. the protection is yeah you know what it, it tips off defenders as to what it is you're gonna do right here and yet it's so amazing to hear him say when you put the quarterback under center now all of a sudden you've got all these possibilities <laughs> that open up when there are so many people in today's game that believe it's just the opposite. You get in shotgun, now you can look everybody, where's the ball, and you can do all this stuff. The problem is you can really see the ball. Yeah, and and to me, it, it, it rings more true when I hear a defensive player say it. So yeah. like Marcus Spears right there. Zoe has said this before on the show a few yes. times. He has, he's been like, look, <laughs> if you're under center, I have to wait a second before I can react, and you're right there, so it's it's that much harder for me to react, whereas if you're in shotgun, I can already see what's developing, and I've got a little bit of room and time to, to do it. Zach Allen, when we had him on during the offseason, uh, you know, he obviously wasn't attacking the Cardinals offense, but he was just saying from a defensive perspective, sure. this makes it easier for me to, to do this or that. Um, it makes an offense multi-dimensional, and and why would you limit yourself? Why would you do that? Why, why would you shrink the football universe as opposed to expanding the football universe? Why would you handcuff yourself offensively? Why wouldn't you do it all? Blend it all. Man, I, I would do this, seriously. I'd work so hard to have under center, pistol, and shotgun. All three. A third 
to work for 33% of the time, I'm using all three of those. I'd work really hard for that because, again, that's how much I believe in expanding the football universe. Well, here's a quarterback's perspective on it. Uh, this is Dan Orlovsky from the same conversation. And I don't even think he mentions Matthew Stafford in here, but I, I have to double check. We always have these conversations with offensive linemen. And when we were in under center in, compa- in comparison to in the gun, they would always say that their ability to sell the run was so much more realistic because they could just fire off the fire football off the ball. Yep. The ability for a quarterback, like when I'm under center and I'm running play action for people at home, you know, like when I take the snap, I literally get to hide the football we don't from see you. It. Yep. Right. you. You have no idea whether I'm actually handing it off or not. Where in the gun, it's just catch and I flash the ball. You guys all still see the football on defense, yeah. you know? You know what I loved early right there and what he said? It's the mentality. It's the offensive lineman. You've heard me say this. Mm -hmm. The second you put your quarterback under center, everyone knows, everybody, the the offensive lineman knows that they've got the yoke of responsibility around their necks, metaphorically speaking, that the onus is on them to come off the ball and beat their man, get their block, do their job. Because it's not like you're going to trick anybody. Yes, the play action and the run, yeah, that's it. There are three things you can do in the game of football. You can run the ball, you can throw the ball, or you can act like you're going to run the ball and throw the ball. You can do those three things right there. Those are the primary three things. Don't talk to me about a draw play where you act like you're going to throw and then run the ball. Okay, I get that. But that really isn't a big component. Play action is a big component. And it involves a lot of different personnel groups with a lot of different protections and a lot of different route combinations. It, it is. There's a lot of things you can do with play action, of course. And that's what I, I love the fact Dan Orlovsky, from a quarterback's perspective, saw he, he was talking to his offensive line and he was talking about them and how it allows them to fire off the ball and be aggressive and surprise the defensive lineman who thinks maybe it's a run when it isn't. It's well, a pass. He also talked about how there's you're not seeing a lot of explosive plays on early downs out of the shotgun, but I want to play this clip real quick from Ryan Clark, too, get his perspective on this. Well, it's not, it's not necessarily even about what we see. It's about what we can anticipate. And Marcus mentioned how the playbook is so condensed once you guys are in shotgun. It also allows me to relax. It also allows me not to react to every single thing. When you're under center, you have so much you can do and so much looks the same. Yeah. Right? As far like just sticking the ball out there, I can be late. I'm not rushing to the Is that run. Different in the gun for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm not rushing to the run because I'm like, oh, you're gonna get four yards on the run. I don't care. I'll react late. I'll put a cap on the defense. I'll give us another blade of grass to defend. But when you do have the stretch runner available, when you do have ISO, when you do have zone, now we are triggering as cover two corners. We are yeah. triggering as down safeties, and all of those things change what you can do. The other thing is this: the amount of play action you can do and the type of play action opens up the route tree. Right. Right. When we're getting a straight drop back from the shotgun, things have to happen quicker. So much opens up when you turn around. You have an opportunity to elongate the play and also your time in the pocket. Well, I don't know if we're wow. going to see what you've been talking about and what they just talked about. I don't know if we're going to see this more from the Cardinals or not, but I can tell you if they start losing, I would I would hope we're going to see it more at that point, right? I mean, if, if you're winning like the Eagles are, they don't have to change anything.
change anything like the Cardinals were last year. But if you're struggling and you're still struggling like halfway through the season, I don't know how much you can change really in season, but you got to be aware of it. Yeah, no, it's it's totally right on, spot on right there. I love what Ryan Clark had to say, but never forget, man, um, can a play design win a game? Yes, it can. Do players win championships? Yes, they do. Do plays win championships? No. Players do. Never forget that. All right. I want to thank uh, Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. We should probably thank Lorenzo Alexander since he helped produce and join the awesome. show as well. Marshawn Lynch for joining the show. John Bloom for Wolf. I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo next right here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.